Hey, what's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. I'm your host, Mackenzie. And I'm your host, Taylor. Today, we are doing an Enneagram episode, and we are so excited to talk about your Enneagram type, Mackenzie. Yes, so I am an Enneagram type one, which if you ask any type one, they will say it's the worst one. Um, Super I feel like that's how everyone feels. They're like, mine's the worst one. That might be true. Why do we fight over that and not like who's the best? <laughs> I think seven is the best, which is the one that I'm supposed to be like in my life. When you grow. Mm-hmm. Listen, it's hard because there's like good and bads to either. Whatever. I feel like we're rushing into this. For we those of you are. who are listening and you're like, what is an Enneagram? What are these girls talking about? Basically, long story short, this is not a textbook definition. But the Enneagram is a set of nine personality types that help you with self-improvement, growth, relationships, and leadership skills. So it's a really awesome tool to get to know yourself and to better yourself. And that's why we love it so much. Mm -hmm. So we just really wanted to take this episode and kind of give you guys some insight onto what an Enneagram type one is, how me as an Enneagram type one experiences all of these different characteristics. Yeah, so one thing we really want to stress, which is obviously no secret, we are not pros at this. There Mm -hmm. are psychologists and professionals who know the Enneagram like the back of their hand, and they're super skilled. So if you want a more academic, educational approach, maybe this podcast isn't for you. (laughs) Maybe this is not the place to, like, get all of your, like, knowledgeable information but what we thought would be super fun and unique is to give you a behind the scenes look of what it's like to be a regular person as one of these types and if Mackenzie relates to some of the most popular thoughts about type ones or misconceptions about type ones we're going to do a little bit of myth busters and just kind of see how she feels about it yep so we're going to go ahead and dive into talking about what an Enneagram type one is so Kenzie needs no introduction about her being a type one because she is <laughs> by the textbook as type one as it gets. True. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know what a type one is, they are responsible, improvement oriented, consistent, self-controlling, precise. They have high standards. They're clear. They're detail oriented. They're very caring. But on a more negative side, they're very critical of themselves and others they're inflexible, they can be super opinionated, judgmental, and especially self-judging. So to wrap that all up, type ones are known as like the perfectionists and they want what's right in the world. They really focus strongly on what's right and what's wrong. It's very black and white for them. And they're kind of everyone, including themselves, is worst critic. I kind of view them as more of like the judge. Like they are very, they have like a clear vision of what is good and bad, which can be good and bad. That absolutely can be good and bad. It's been interesting, especially with the, we'll get into this later in the podcast, but especially with the current state of the world, I'm just like, with all Mm -hmm. the injustice going on, it's exhausting. Okay. So how have you known or seen in your life that you are an Enneagram type one? So ever since I was younger, I've kind of had this I've never really known what I want to be. Yes, I thought I wanted to be, 
you know, a zookeeper and take care of giraffes and all these, you know, fun childish jobs. But at this, also, if you do any of those jobs, I'm not calling them childish, just throwing that out there. But I always knew when I wanted to grow up, I want to change the world somehow. And I think that kind of, once I took the Enneagram test and kind of decided and saw myself as a type one, that's the biggest thing that I noticed growing up that I would always say that to myself. Like, I don't know what I want to do, but I want to make an impact on the world. Somehow, some way, I want to do that. But on a more lighter note, I've always wanted to have my play dates planned out to a T. All my birthday parties had to have a plan completely planned out. I always kicked everyone out of the kitchen when I was cooking. I wanted things done my way. 100% of the time. And even when my brother was like born, my little brother, who's two years younger than me, I would act like his mom. Even, I even wanted to control him, which he made jokes all throughout our teenage years. He'd joke around and literally be like, okay, mom, every time I bossed him around. But, you know, we're friends now. (laughs) Exactly. We love you, Chandler. (laughs) So speaking in general, type ones have this just genuine need to like control and fixate things and just have everything go kind of according to like how they have seen it in their head and I we're going to keep throwing around the words right and wrong here um just because that's a really clean cut way to describe it which I'm sure our Enneagram type one likes that we're talking about things in clean and cut ways so what we there's good and bad with every single type what has been some of the best parts about team being a type one, like blessings, things that you love about yourself being a type one? So if you guys listened to the Hawaii episode, if you haven't, go listen to that. It was a great episode. I talked about how I had every single second of the Hawaii trip planned out. So I got to do as much as I physically could fit in the entire time. So I personally love doing that because I get to see the most amount of things while I'm on a trip. But that also can have a bad side to it as well. But for me personally, I really enjoy seeing everything, being able to do everything. So I like having my entire life planned out, whether it's my next week, the time I study for what subjects, really anything. I see that as a positive and as a blessing. Other people might not see it as that, but I really enjoy that. I also have a really big passion to just see and make the world a better place which can be exhausting at times but I feel like that gives me like passion like my everyday life even if I'm working like a minimum wage job I'm trying to engage with customers and just brighten their day in some type of way and the last thing I am always wanting to improve myself and other people which we'll get into why that can also be a negative next but I'm always working no matter what to better myself 100% of the time You mentioned this idea of always wanting to make the world a better place or leaving your minimum wage job better than you found it. Always feeling like there's like something little that you can do. But the weight of that must be extremely heavy. Yeah, I'm always the kind of person who wants to fix everything. And if I can't fix it, I get like super anxious. And that's why also anxiety is a really big thing in type 1 specifically. And... That I mean, it is. It feels like I put all of this pressure on myself that if I can't fix everything, I'm flawed in some type of way, which is exhausting, but type ones, man. That's why we say we're the worst. Yeah. Has that, have you seen that in full effect in some of your relationships? 
I won't get too specific into it, but it makes me very self-critical because I am always wanting to improve myself or improve other people. And in relationships, sometimes it makes me seem very critical of other people. And that's never my intention, but it often comes across that way. How has being an Enneagram type one from behind the scenes looked like on a daily basis? Like we talk about these overarching ideas of like who you are internally as a person, but like where are these key motivators in like how you get through a school day? Like really, especially because this Enneagram type isn't your whole life. Everyone obviously has different moments where they're not like full throttle planning every single second of their day at all times like there are moments where we kind of depart from our type like it's just a personality type it's not the whole person Mm -hmm. so do you think as an enneagram type one when you act less like an enneagram type one do you find yourself getting frustrated or relieved honestly relieved i so like i said my good side my positive side is a type seven and my roommate up at college is a type seven so she brings out that side of me a lot of times Mm -hmm. where I'm not planning everything out where I'm not scheduling every single thing I'm just like being spontaneous and adventuring and doing all these different types of things and I enjoy that side of myself again like I've said twice now I think a type one is the worst so I retook this test actually before we recorded And I scored, like, my second... Because if you take the test, it says what your first one is, what your second one is, which one's your most like. And my second one was a type 7, and it was actually pretty close. When I took this a year ago, I was nowhere near a type 7. So, to me, that is improvement. And I am growing more towards my positive side, where I am more adventurous and not so strict on myself and not so hard on myself. That's awesome. Now we're going to transition into a new and fun section of this that we're calling Mythbusters because we're taking these Enneagram Type 1 myths or typical sayings and we're busting them to see if they're true for Kenzie or not. So, tell us how you feel about the following statement. Are you a rule follower? (laughs) My friends from college will attest to this. And I'm not going to tell this story on the podcast. But I'm, I, I just cannot break rules. I get, I'll start shaking. I'll start sweating. I just, I can't. So yes, I am very much a rule follower. Except when you <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I was shaking. Again, can't go on the podcast. We'll see. The responsible one. Yes, and a lot of times in high school, I felt like I was the mom of my friend group. Mm -hmm. Again, we were in the same friend group, but I was also in a different one where I was the mom of that friend group. Um, Because I know Taylor said multiple times she was the mom, and she definitely was of that friend group. But um, a lot of times that, like, mom personality does make me feel like the responsible one, and sometimes that also can be exhausting. But I think I've always had like leadership qualities where I feel like I need to be the role model. So I need to be responsible. And that's kind of how that transitions and plays out as a type one. A clean freak. With certain things. So that's a very typical type one kind of thing. And that's on all the cute little graphics on Instagram, like clean freak. I don't, 
I mean, my room's a mess right now, and I'm not going crazy over it. But certain things, like dishes in the sink, oh, it's the worst. The worst. But I'm more about organization, not so much clean all the time. So I guess when things are unorganized, that's more what ticks me. You have high standards. I think... I've seen this one a lot as a very typical Enneagram type one thing. And I don't even think I have high standards for myself as much as I do my friends. When I hear my friends talk about a new boy, I'm like, no, I already don't approve of him. (laughs) Which I don't tell them that all the time. So, sorry if I don't approve of your boyfriends. Um, What do you think about Hunter? I love Hunter. Okay. I do love Hunter. After... Hunter and I had this great experience where we got to bond over spring break. So happy for that. Love you, Hunter. I didn't know Hunter before that, I felt like. Yeah. So we're thankful for spring break. But anyways, I am very much a person who has high standards for my friends. So. Okay, we're transitioning into some medium deep questions. It's hard for me to process new situations. Yeah, so the first thing I think of when I think of that, and we'll get into a breakups episode later down the line, but the biggest thing when my ex-boyfriend and I broke up, I didn't know how to not be in a relationship. I had the habit of having that consistency in a relationship, and all of a sudden, I didn't have that consistency of talking to someone every night and doing all of these things that you do in a relationship, and all of a sudden, that new environment was so different to me and you're supposed to start dating random people and getting to know random strangers and I'm like nope I'm good I like the consistency I like the having that same person I'm not a dating gal and my friends will attest to that Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you find that to be true in non-dating situations like processing new situations like really and even in a more simpler sense like, I know some people would maybe even compare this to, like, like social outings or trips, maybe problems with school or work. Yes. I think we're on a lighter note, too, but I don't think nearly as much. Okay. So, yes and no. Yeah. My inner self-critic never gives me a break. Yes. That is absolutely true. 100% of the time. Um, a lot of people will say, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm critical of them. I'm 20,000 more times critical of myself. And we'll just leave it at that. Not going no, too deeper. We're going to delve, baby. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Anytime you look uncomfortable, I'm going to push Kenzie Marsh. So when you're talking about this, if you're so confident in this inner self-critic, And it's this idea of it literally never letting you rest. What does that look like in seasons that are really good? Like when you're, when you're like winning. Is your self-critic happy with you or is it still constantly looking for something better? No, it's, it's not even looking for something better. It's like, oh, just wait till you fall. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you can still be happy with your current situation, but like in the back of your mind, you're like, this just isn't going to stay for long. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
what does this self-critic look like on like the really bad days is it like so loud that it's deafening or does she give you a little bit of a break no she never gives me a break on the really bad days she's called anxiety Mm -hmm. and she i'm not sure how deep we want to go into this um Yeah, on the really bad days, she's called anxiety, and she will literally sit in the mirror and nitpick every single bad thing that Mm. she decides to see that day. And what's crazy about it, at least I can say from, like, on the outside of looking at a type 1 and looking at a type 1 of you're, like, the detector of good and bad and right and wrong, you know, and that inner self-critic is wrong. Mm-hmm. But as a one, you let that self-critic have all this weight, even though you are the ultimate detector of this idea of black and white and right and wrong. And as a textbook definition, if it was, let's say, me with this self-critic, you could so easily diagnose that in me and be like, that's not true. That's wrong. Right. That's false. But then it's so hard to do for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just something for ones in general to be so aware of and thank you Kenzie for being so honest about it that it's like you are letting yourself be lied to mm-hmm. when you're like when, the teller of truth and like right. honesty and integrity are the biggest things and you're letting yourself be lied to mm-hmm. wow it's fun all my type ones out there call us <laughs> we'll talk I about it you. <laughs> okay next question I get angry when I see injustice around me. Yes. Like I was saying with the current state of our world right now, it is making me, oh, it is making my blood boil. And I want to, again, that aspect of wanting to fix every single thing and seeing injustice in the world around me, not so much even in my personal life. Because when it's in your personal life, sometimes I can do something about it. When it's stretched far and wide across our whole country or our whole entire world, there's not much I can do about it. And it's, mm-hmm. I just feel like they need to fix it. So. And I'm sure that's hard to like not get an instant gratification or seeing change happen quickly, mm-hmm. especially in like pertaining to what's going on right now. There's not like a quick fix to any of it. Right. Exactly. And I'm all for, all right, if I can just make someone happy immediately, if I can make the world better immediately, I'm going to do it. But there's no quick fix for the sinful world we live in yeah okay second to last question questioning my honesty or integrity is very insulting so that same inner self-critic is always making sure that i am telling the truth is all i'm always the best i can be (laughs) and then brings me down my worst ironic i know um but I think about things for ever. That's why when I used to get in fights with my ex-boyfriend, he'd be like, all right, like fight back. And I was like, nope, I need five minutes to think about this because what I want to say, I know it's going to come out wrong the first time if I do it spontaneously or right as I'm thinking. I need five minutes to think about what I'm going to say because I want what I say at every single point to be right. Okay, last question. 
I want people to see me as perfect. And that's why I struggle to let people in. As I was writing this outline, I didn't really realize that was a thing. And then I saw it on some Enneagram page and I saw that and I was like, that's why I like push people out. And I didn't even realize it until I realized, oh wait, you're a type one, you're a perfectionist. You want everyone around you to see you as this put together person. And I think that's the reason why this past year I have turned into so much of a type seven. Through the blog, I've been really trying to not be a type one and trying to be vulnerable. And there are certain people who just promote happiness and whatever all the time. And yes, that's great. But at the same time, like, it's okay to see my brokenness because that's where like the Lord's light can shine through that because I'm broken. I am literally nothing. And if through my brokenness and through my imperfections, you can see the Lord through that and not see me as perfect, that's okay with me, which is really hard for me to get a grasp on, but that is okay with me. So proud of you, Kenzie. (laughs) Okay, I have a question. Because you pretty much, of all of these myths, you agreed with pretty much all of them. Yeah, I know. I got like a half now. So is there any part of being a type one that you just, not even that you don't agree with, but you just like, in general, it's not even that you don't resonate. Maybe you just feel neutral about, you don't feel as strongly... Honestly, the name for it is perfectionist, and no one's really ever, like, labeled me as a perfectionist. I don't know if that's because I do a half-decent job when I do things <laughs> or what, <laughs> but I'm I'm a perfectionist when I put my mind to something, but not, like, in the everyday. Like, I'm not going to spend 20,000 hours on something if I don't need to. That might right. just be laziness, but... But you know what? We'll leave that up to the viewers exactly so really the name which is weird right Hmm. okay but we're gonna leave you guys with a little bit of hope some positives for being in one and what that looks like as a christian and how the lord the lord redeems every type obviously he redeems every one of us being a type one and a christian how does that elevate your experience as a Christ follower like what is the Lord able to specifically teach you because you're self-aware about your oneness so as always being a type one and always having that inner critic in my mind a thousand times I've really had to like dive into the into God's word and realize this is what scripture says about me my inner self-critic is wrong and that wasn't easy to do but it really was the only thing that helped me realize my self-critic is wrong and I still fight with that all of the time but if you are a type one or if you just have an inner self-critic that does not leave you alone turn to scripture because other people can tell you all of these positive things about yourself they kind of only last for a couple minutes until someone says something negative or until your self-critic says something negative about you so being able to turn to scripture and realize this is truth this is what god says about me it is true when my inner self-critic is lying it is just so so entirely free and the next thing with being a perfectionist like i said i'm not a hundred percent a perfectionist all of the time but i know a lot of type ones are so realizing that you don't have to be good enough for christ to love you like there's no way 
God can love you more or less. And that's freeing because you can't do anything. You can't do any works. You can't be a better person. You can't do anything to make him love you more or less, which as perfect as you try to be, it's not going to change his love for you. And I think that's really freeing. Um, And the last thing, like I said, like I started with about always knowing I wanted to change the world in some way. It is really cool to know that through just being a Christian, I can change the world every single day by telling other people about my walk with Christ and about my experiences. And I think that's really cool to me. And I think that's probably the real deeper reason why I started the blog and why we're doing this podcast. Because I can live out my calling as a type one and my calling as a Christ follower in the same way. Well, thank you, Kenzie, for this Enneagram Type 1 interview. I'm sure everyone is going to love it as much as I have. Thank you. You're welcome. Whoop, whoop. Okay, so the next segment we're moving into on the podcast is when you guys leave us questions on our Instagram stories. So, shameless plug. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I was just trying to do it before you asked the question. So, shameless plug. If you want a question to be answered on the podcast, go to our Instagram. It's at She's Going Places and ask us. It's at She's Going Places podcast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Taylor's <okay>. wrong. <laughs> I've had a long day, guys. If only you knew. If only you knew. Really and truly. It was Every actually Kenzie. cut out of this podcast. Yeah. Anyways, Kenzie, <laughs> give us the question. Our first question. Can I get a shout out? Nikki Richter, no. What is this? Just kidding. We love you. This is your shout out. This is your moment. She asks on multiple accounts if she could have a shout out. So we love you, Nikki. If you guys want a shout out, I don't know. You're going to have to be as cool as Nikki. So we'll see. (laughs) Good luck with that. Love you, buddy. (laughs) Okay. Serious question now. What is your favorite thing about each of your schools? My favorite thing about Samford is literally the reason why I chose to go to Samford. And this is super typical. But Samford people will get it. It's the people. And that sounds super dumb. But if you know Samford, you understand this. You choose Samford for the people. Because you are surrounded with some of the most quality people that you will ever meet in your life. And it's like... (laughs) like a ticket to lifelong god-fearing awesome friends and the relationships that i've been able to build at samford are literally worth every penny every dime every dollar you know so that's definitely my favorite thing about samford is just the relationships that i'm able to build it's just the school attracts really like-minded people and i love everyone that i've gotten to meet at samford Oh, I love all your Samford friends too. So I can attest to that We love you, Samford. <laughs> Bow wow, Bulldogs. <laughs> okay, Kens, what about you? You know, when I first thought of this, my instant answer was Daily Grind, which is the coffee shop that I go to every day, which is terrible. Um, but shout out Daily Grind. Sponsor me. Give me free coffee, please. Um, anyways... My favorite thing about Southern 
I literally love Southern so much, but it's probably just the town itself. And when I was looking to go to college, I was really debating for so long whether I wanted to go to a big school or a small school, and I couldn't decide. And Southern is really just the perfect mix because we have 20,000 students, but you run into people all of the time. You'll run into people from your class, you'll run into your friends all over campus and all around really the town. And the town of Statesboro is a small town. So we got like a Walmart, a TJ Maxx, the Hobby Lobby. That's about it. And although at times you can easily complain about that, I grew up in a small town. So just being back in a small town really just feels like it just makes Southern feel like home. Whoop. Whoop, whoop. Well, those are the answers. We love to our the schools. questions. We do love our schools. And trust me, I know we've said this in previous episodes, the college episodes are coming. Mm-hmm. Mid-July. Oh my gosh, that's so soon. Yeah. The college content. Wow. We probably can start recording those like now. Woo! I'm just realizing. So exciting. So exciting. Um, yes, the college content is coming and it's going to be really good. So whether you're an incoming freshman to college or you're about to be a senior in college, these ep- or you're going to be a junior in high school. I don't care. These episodes are going to be everything. And we're going to be shouting at our schools a lot. So if you're in high school, better consider George Southern Sanford. Or Sanford. Heck yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for listening to the episode. Remember, please, 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 down below, five stars. It's just a simple click. And if you're feeling extra generous, write that review. Let us know that how you feel, that you love us. Tell us you're from the Enneagram episode, Kenzie's Enneagram episode. You know, give us a little keywords. And <laughs> we would love to hear from you guys. You can always slide into our DMs. So, Kenzie, plug our socials. I'll plug our socials in the right way this time, you know. Ugh. Whatever. Our Instagram is at She's Going Places Podcast, and all of our other links are there too, as well. Well, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Bye. See ya. Peace out, girl. Scout. Music. Woo.